everybody get a drink and take a seat here in the back room. Pandemic version. Um, this, by the time you hear this, I'm recording a couple on the same day. This is the first official full day of spring. Lottie freaking da. Um, you know, that used to mean something. Hey, the weather's changing. The days are getting longer. Oh, baseball. Great. Now it's like, eh, I don't know. Um, so we're going to mix it up a little bit. Um, and don't worry, we will continue to be your one-stop shop for all dick and fart jokes. But uh, we decided since, uh, you know, for anything here at the back room, we're communal. And we like to hang out with our pals. So we figured since everybody's social distancing and uh, quarantining that we would decide to do something like this to bring people together, tell their stories. So we're calling this stories from a pandemic. Okay, great. Got it. Good. So our uh, guest today is a man, Brian Ullum. He's got a, a very unusual job, but definitely something that you're all familiar with and a job where I guarantee everyone likes his co-workers. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you? I'm good. How are Now, Brian's, uh, we're talking to Brian in, uh, I would say, central Pennsylvania, you would call it? Yeah, we're uh, we're kind of on the border of what they call mid-state and central PA. We're in Perry County, Pennsylvania. Right, okay. And, uh, right where the mighty Susquehanna and the Juniati, Juniati uh, River are conflux. Well, there you go. I, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, you know... Fishing brochures and pictures of guys and waiters, right? Fishing. <laughs> Come on, visit oh, us. <laughs> there is. There's more fishermen up here than jobs. There you go. All right. So, Brian, um, tell everybody uh, what it is you do. Well, Gary, my wife and I are professional show dog handlers. That's right. They show dogs. Um, please plug away. Give us your, your business name and everything. Our business name is actually JB Show Dog Handling, and go. we travel from... All along the East Coast, basically, all the way from Massachusetts down to the Carolinas and uh, even further south sometime for some specialty work. Mm -hmm. And out to the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, the lovely state of Kentucky. And your uh, your listeners may be familiar with my knees and ankles because that's all that ever shows up on TV when I get there. <laughs> hey, I know that is those ankles. Wait a minute. I knew that guy. Oh, he's great. I love that guy. He has the best ankles. Um, now, to give yes. people a little bit of... Um, because I, I think in, in sometimes people are a little confused. Like, obviously you don't own a lot of these dogs. People hire you to show. That's correct, yeah. yeah. So, so sort of explain it. Give us a little breakdown of a, cause I think a lot of times people think that, I don't know, show handlers live with 50 dogs or something. I'm not sure. So. And, and sometimes we do, right. uh, really it, it's kind of dependent on the time and what's going on, what shows we have coming up. Basically what we do is we are the presenters. Um, we are the guys, we're kind of like NASCAR drivers. We run around in a circle, but without a car. <laughs> I like that. Right. We, uh, and with a dog instead of a, uh, instead of a big 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 pound machine. And we do all aspects of it. We travel the dogs. The owners bring the dogs to us. We take them out on the road with us. Um, some of them are here simply for a matter of days as the show's going on. Right. Some of them live with us for a matter of months until they, they get their AKC championship. Wow. So it's it really varies, and uh, we usually have a pretty steady stream of dogs at our house. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which, is, which is why you had, to, like, you had to move out to, you know, Bumblefuck or whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? Because you, you need the room. Well, exactly. We don't have any neighbors that we can really see when spring comes around. Oh, God, it sounds delightful. 
It's a it's a beautiful thing. Oh my god! I love my neighbors, but I love them more when I can't see them. Bingo! Exactly. Yeah, they say what fences make good neighbors. We have well, distance is second, maybe second behind that, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like State Farm said, like a good neighbor, stay over there. There you go. Perfect. Exactly. That that's why I was talking to somebody earlier about uh, the whole uh, like shelter in place thing. I'm like, shit, I've been preparing for this thing my whole life. Are you kidding me? It's my time to shine. You know, stay well, home and hang out with my dogs. Yes, please. Very interesting point you bring up, which is uh, which is something up here that's a little bit more um, more common, I think, than down where we used to live, down by you now. Right. Um, for us to really get to a grocery store, a Walmart, a Target, anything, we're traveling anywhere from thirty to forty-five minutes, even an hour, some points. Wow. Uh, we have to go either up to Sealands Grove or down to Harrisburg. Yeah. Um, Lewistown is a little further away and a possibility as well. But as you know, with the exception of Harrisburg, none of them are great metropolises. Yeah, I, I'm from Pennsylvania and I heard of Harrisburg. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and it really is. You really are like the Ingalls going in town for supplies. Like you have to trade some pelts for flour and sugar. Holy shit. Right. Wow. Exactly. I traded the mean streets of Boyertown <laughs> for the wild frontier here. <laughs> Exactly. Now, okay, so so you've given us a little bit of an idea of of you know how your job works. You know, you you hire the dogs. You, of course, you. I, I do you actually. You know, I guess there's some training involved, of course, right? Because they have to you know walk a certain way and all that kind of thing, right? And well, that's true. Yes, right. and you know, first and foremost, I know a lot of people think show dogs are these poor dogs that are kept in crates and never allowed to see the sun until they go into the ring. Right. Most of them are. First and foremost, are family pets. Right. And a lot of them act like family pets. And, you know, they have fun. They goof around like dogs do. Yeah. Um, in the ring, though, unfortunately, they have to stand. They have to be examined. They have to gait in a particular way when they go around the ring. Right. Yeah, that's, that uh, my, my wife does that to me every once in a while. She's, you know. She throw a collar on you. <laughs> Just make sure I'm up to the standard, you know, yeah. So far, it's a good. Exactly. But, right. Well, don't forget the last part of that exam, which is checking for a couple of testicles. Oh, well, you know, she's had this in her purse since 1990. But anyway, no, it's not. <laughs> okay, so now we have an idea. What's obviously other than there not being shows and people gathering, like what's like what's changing or, or what, what do you think is going to change and how it's going to change? Because you were telling me when we were setting this up that you see a real possibility of like what I think you said half the people just not coming back to, to do what you do. Is that pretty, that's pretty scary stuff. It is. It is very scary stuff. And yes, uh, you know, there's, there's different levels of people that do what we do. Um, there's people that do it kind of on the side and either show their own dog or maybe show a friend's dog here and there. And they do that basically to get the expenses because, you know, unfortunately, it's not in your backyard. You have to travel to different areas. You have to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. You need the gas to get there, obviously. So they make a couple dollars doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people that have huge, huge strings of dogs. They may bring 20, 30 dogs to a dog show. Um, we fall somewhere in the middle. And that's a uh, it can be a scary thing because a lot of these folks, us included, we depend on this solely for our income. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. And with everything canceling the way it is, it's it's a business that's also fraught with expenses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we drive a 16-foot Ford box truck. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. Big diesel box truck that holds a lot of dogs. Damn, man. No kidding. And it's 
approximately the size of a class C motorhome, if you know what I'm talking about there. Mm-hmm. I'll Google it. <laughs> and it it sucks up gas and, well, in our case, diesel, right. much like a motorhome, too. So there's that's, a, that's an there's interesting a, point. I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, that not only do you have the expense of what you do, and then you got to take it on the road. Oh, it is. And absolutely. We get to see such a lovely places like West Springfield, Maryland, Howard County, or I'm sorry, West Springfield, Massachusetts, Howard County, Maryland, uh, you know, Morgantown, West Virginia. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not no no drops of sarcasm coming out of your voice at all either. Yeah. No. <laughs> Middleburg, Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, all those wonderful tourist destinations. Well, that's off, you know, in New York City, you know, they throw those in there too, you know, right? Although we were, yes, you're correct. We were in New York City for Westminster a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's there. there's a definite... Um, operating fund that you have to have to continue to do this week in and week out, which unfortunately, when you don't work for a couple months, we're currently have everything canceled through the beginning of June right now. You kind of eat into that operating fund. Uh, You start looking for alternate means of income. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for some, luckily for us, our equipment, our truck is paid off. Um, We own it outright. But a lot of people in a vehicle like that, you're you're holding a five, six, seven hundred dollar a month payment for a vehicle now that's sitting for at least two months. Yeah. Are, are you getting? Excuse my ignorance. I don't know if there's some sort of governing body or something that you pay attention to, or some. You know, are you getting any kind of signals about anything as far as when, where, how maybe this is going to start up again, or is it just up in the air like everything else? We're not, and unfortunately, Gary, uh, one of the problems with that is. It's very specific to having a venue to put the show on in. And with venues, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this. There's a deposit that needs to be paid up front. Then there's another payment. And then there's a payment before the show. Uh, There's the expenses for bringing judges in from all over the country. Um, There's printing of catalogs, printing of programs, scheduling. And with all the uncertainty right now, a lot of these clubs that possibly could by the end of May even beginning of May, be having shows, had to make the decisions of, are we going to put this money out right now? That's a really and, good, good, really good point. Excuse me. that Because I'm seeing that people mention that for a lot of stuff, that it, it, tomorrow the hand of God came down and said, okay, it's all gone. There are things that had to be put in motion now for things down the line that just aren't going to come back, you know? And, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I, I really feel for some of the younger people, we have a couple friends who are in their you know, early mid twenties that this is their first job. They have either college tuitions, high payments on their vehicles. You know, they may have just moved out on their own. You know, they're, they're building a business. Um, and this is going to be really hard on them. This is going to be hard to come back from, you know, hopefully a lot of them have help from parents, friends, good clients, you know, that can help them get back into this when it's over. But yeah, maybe I'm a bit of a pessimist on it. I think that we're going to see a decline in our numbers of people. And quite frankly, you've got to have the clients that are willing to send the dogs at that point. And, you know, there was a number of shows, shows usually close that said for entries about two to three weeks before it actually happens. Okay. And, you know, a lot of owners right now aren't going to put the money out to enter their dog in a show, not knowing if it's even going to happen. Wow. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. You, you had mentioned about, um, obviously, people at some point needing to possibly find alternate sources of income. Is that something, if you don't mind me asking, you're looking into? 
Well, that's an interesting question. And I have not spoken with a ton of people um, in this past week because we did work up through this past Sunday. Okay. Um, I've talked to a couple friends and a lot of people are on a wait and see right now. We, I can only speak for us personally. Um, what we're doing right now is looking for avenues to put our truck to use. We have it. It's ah, paid for. Okay. There um, you go. We've spoken with a number of companies and we're trying to get some contract work to do either medical supply deliveries, which, you know, are going to go through the roof right now. Yeah, that's uh, Brian. That's even, a freaking genius. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Even durable goods, um, refrigerators, you know, delivering appliances, um, construction sites, which were under contract that up until the order yesterday for Pennsylvania were still working. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of limited. <laughs> it almost seems on a daily basis, like it's limiting our, you know, our options of what we can do. You know, one of the other things that I guess in a way I can say that we're we're blessed with. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or not, but the Mechanicsburg, Carlisle area is right off of Route 81, Interstate 81. And it is the home to a number of huge, huge warehousing businesses, mm. be it Amazon, Chewy. Um, oh. a couple, a couple others that work incredibly through, uh, well, I should say exclusively through almost mail, mail directly. Sure. And, um, you know, as a fallback option, we could theoretically for a couple months go take part-time employment there, which it may come to. That's, that's wow. That is really, really smart. You know, use what you have. Yeah. To, to, uh, to get you through it. Now I got to ask you one more personal thing. Uh, sure. how many dogs do you have? I know. I know. Unfortunately, I know you just lost when your when, when your uh, your boy. It, it's okay. Yes, we did just lose our greater Swiss Mountain Dog to go, who was absolutely the most fantastic dog either one of us have ever owned. Yeah, you and I uh, talk. He was the one. We all and let's be honest, people yeah. with your dogs and even your kids, you got the one. You know, and uh, no, and, and he was your one. And we have a smaller uh, Tibetan Terrier. Right named Sheldon, who uh, we've nicknamed Murph because he, when he barks, he makes a sound that sounds like Murph. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm a terrier guy. And, uh, oh sure. boy, they, they, they're interesting. Now, now, is that, is he, is Sheldon the only current dog that you have right now? He is the only current dog that we own. Right. Um, when Jamie and I got together, we had nine dogs between us. What the? Wow. Yeah. What the? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, one of the problems with that, I would have 100 dogs probably if I could. I hear that. But unfortunately, one of the problems with that is, as I said, we travel around in a ginormous truck <laughs> and we take all the dogs obviously with us. It's a beautiful air conditioned, heated um, box that they're quite comfortable in. Right. But the more dogs that we have is the less space for customer client dogs. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So we kind of through attrition over the last 10 years, whittled ourselves down to two dogs, yeah. and we're currently at one. Uh, we will go back up to two at one point in time, yeah. obviously. Now, I, I, I got to ask, because, um, you know, obviously we're all spending more and more time at home, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have multiple dogs, and I know I have one, but which one of the two was the jerk dog? Because let's be honest, there's the, oh, my boy, I love you. I think I know the answer to this, but is, is Sheldon the jerk? Like, oh, Sheldon, stop doing that, that kind of thing. Oh, well, let me tell you a little story about Sheldon. <laughs> Here we go. Sheldon, my my wife had a Tibetan Terrier before Sheldon, who was a very aloof dog. He just kind of did his own thing. He wasn't 
he, he didn't get into trouble. He wasn't mean, but he wasn't overly uh, lovey either with people. Right. When we got Sheldon, the first day we brought him home at eight weeks of age, we walked into our house. We sat him down in the kitchen. He ran right through the kitchen, up my 140-pound Greater Swiss Mountain Dog's back, Tuco, <laughs> bit him on the ear. Oh, God. And it pretty much didn't stop for the better part of six months. Yeah. He was a, I, I used to nickname him a little evil. <laughs> um, my poor, my poor Swissy would yelp. He'd come walking into the living room from another room with Sheldon attached to his face. <laughs> yes. Hanging there like a conjoined twin. Yeah. Like, like, like he's uh, hiding on to a subway strap, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he looked like, uh, what was his name, Chip from the Family Guy episode that grew out of Peter's neck. Right, right. He kind of looked like that for a while. Right. And he loved the big guy, but he uh, he took a little time to to grow up and, and become a good dog. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he's almost three now. Or he, I'm sorry, he just turned three. And he's he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. He's a joy to have around now. Yeah, that's great. We, uh, we have a, a lab that's going to be four. And a Jack Russell Terrier, who's actually going to turn one year old next week. And same thing. He, and that's why I'd say about the subway strap. He just, you know, and labs, they have a lot of loose skin and, you know, but man, he just latches on and won't stop. And it's, and we just apologize. The big guy's Louie and the little guy's Monty. We say, Louie, Louis, we're so right. sorry. We're so sorry you brought him home and didn't do this to you. <laughs> so yeah, he's definitely the jerk dog. That's for sure. And one day it'll stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, our our biggest concern with, with Sheldon was he's about a 25, 30 pound Tibetan terrier. Right. And he got away with this with the 140 pound dog. Right. But we also show a number of Rottweilers, kind uh, of Orthos, mm-hmm. Bloodhounds, Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Mm-hmm. These are some big dogs. Pets. Yeah. That just uh, not all of them wanted to put up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, you might want to sit out and shut up. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. much. All right, Brian. Uh, I think we're going to wrap here. Um, God, I, we're definitely going to talk again because, uh, you know, we all love dogs. And obviously, Absolutely. clearly you're a dog guy. Uh, if, if people haven't picked up on that. Um, is there before we do go, though, I've been asking everybody this. Is there anything in particular that you want people to know or just you know a thought? I guess, you know, all I can say right now is, and Gary, you've known me for quite some years. 35 years or whatever, yes. At least. And I'm I'm a very political person. I have my viewpoints. But right now, it's really important for us just to, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but all get along. Right. Um, you know, we're going to get through this together. Um, yeah, JFK, there will be plenty of time for fighting later. We'll be fine, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. We can fight later. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, when mom comes home and you get, she gets <laughs> mad because you and the brother broke the lamp. You uh, have to work together to get through it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there'll be time for all that. But right now, I think we as a country, we as people, we need to look out for each other. Uh, you know, I live in a county that's that trends to be more elderly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also a very poor county. It's one of the, the poorest counties in Pennsylvania. And it's going to hurt people up here. And, you know, I guess to sum it up, Jerry Springer might have said it best. And I never thought I would quote him <laughs> with be excellent to each other and watch out for each other. There you go. I, think uh, a, I, I actually, I think there's a little bit of Bill and Ted in there too, right? Be excellent. Well, I think I did mix my metaphors. Oh, no, I love it. No, no, no. I love it. J- Jerry, uh, Jerry, Bill and Ted. That's it. I'm going to have to be like, uh, 
I forget the old guy's name in the Boondock Saints where they get me a metaphor dictionary. <laughs> there you go. All right, Brian, this has been fun, man. I appreciate you uh, giving us a little slice of what's going on in your piece of the world. And uh, and everybody else, thanks for listening. And that's it. So, uh, yeah, check us out on backroomnetwork.com. And like Brian said, man, just love each other. You know, at the end of the day, man, love, 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 baby. We're all about the love. So uh, just be, uh, be, be most excellent to each other, I guess. And uh, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time in the back room. Peace out. Peace. Peace.